Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 638, air date June 6, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Hope everyone's doing well on this Friday evening. Um, I guess things are starting to open up a little bit, but it's yet to see how much things are going to open up in Massachusetts across this country. Um, I have a great guest here, Jennifer Buckley. Jennifer belongs to a group in Massachusetts called Reopen Mass, which has around 12,000 members. Jennifer is also uh, uh, a member of the transportation industry, and she'll talk about that. And um, uh, as many, many people know, we have people joining us. I think one of the most important things we need to know is that Massachusetts is a center of education, the mecca of medicine and innovation. And um, most of us here found it quite appalling, frankly, uh, that Massachusetts shut down across the board when if you actually practice what the medical, the modern medical field preaches, which is what, where I come from, which is one size does not fit all. We should not have shut down everything. And furthermore, there's some interesting contradictions. Massachusetts, in the, mid, in the midst of all this technology and innovation, got an F minus minus in infrastructure. F minus minus. That means horrible transportation uh, infrastructure, horrible water, bridges are crumbling, et cetera. So uh, I think as we discuss this, uh, we need to understand that Massachusetts is really where all the thought for the global world gets created, innovated, and sent out. So a lot of this shutdown was really um, organized and formulated by the quote unquote thought leaders here, and which has gone all over the world. Um, just quick introduction, as people know, and I'll come back quickly because I always do this. Everyone knows I'm running for U.S. Senate in Massachusetts. Let me just share the screen here very quickly. And we'll just take a quick uh, couple of announcements. So people know I'm running for U.S. Senate. Uh, everyone of you joining knows, uh, as I was just sharing with Jessica and, and all of you, that Massachusetts is really the center of a lot of corruption. In fact, Massachusetts is rated t- the 10th worst state. Uh, for corruption, the third worst infrastructure in the United States. They go sort of hand in hand. In the midst of MIT, uh, Massachusetts got MIT and everything, but I'm running here and it's really to represent the working people, which is what I am, where I come from bottoms up, people like Jessica and others. We, we're, we're the people that actually work for a living, create things, serve people, have to get up every morning to serve customers. We're not lawyers uh, or lobbyists, in fact, I'm running, Jessica, you may know, against three lawyers. One is Malarkey, another is Kennedy, who basically has $51 million in the bank, has never done anything to earn that. And another very dumb lawyer who the GOP establishment has shown to try to stop me from getting the GOP nomination, but we're gonna um, uh, completely destroy them in a landslide. That's what's shaping up. But um, so our campaign, if people have a chance to go to, please go to it, you'll understand everything having to do with our campaign, particularly if you go to the platform, you'll understand what we stand for. There's a there's a very important thing as we talk with Jessica called the manifesto, people read it. It really talks about, and you can download it, you can print it, copy it, share it with your friends. It really talks about infrastructure, transportation infrastructure, the uh, crumbling, uh, crumbling uh, bridges, water systems, that how much we really need to uh, put our money where our mouth is and, uh, into infrastructure. The other things I want to share with people is obviously everyone out there should know this is a bottoms up campaign. We don't have PACs. We don't have Hollywood celebrities 
coming in here, supporting us. It's all bottoms up. And our campaign stands for truth, freedom, and health. And everyone should go. Feel free to support our campaign. Donate whatever you can. And by the, by the way, any time someone donates to us, my job is to teach you, instead of just taking your money as a part of the campaign, how systems work, transportation systems, healthcare systems, immune systems, your body is a system. So take advantage of this book, System and Revolution. It'll teach you how all systems work. And then you'll also get access to a very powerful tool that took me almost a decade to write, call your body, your system and create, which will teach you how your body is a system. And those of you outside of uh, the United States, um, you can go right to your body, your system, but the tool really helps you understand the forces that are involved in all systems in the universe, what kind of system you are, that's that red dot, how your system can go off course, the black dot, and how you can use different inputs, food, vitamins, supplements, exercise to bring you back to you. And the reason I share that is, Fundamentally, when you look at any type of analysis, we need to take a systems approach. The world is not doing well when we go left and right. We need to go beyond left and right. We need to go to truth, freedom, and health. And uh, that's how it's going to help us really get to solutions versus the model of dividing people. And so when you look at the events that took place over the last three to four months, what we had was a bogus fear-mongering crisis got created which never spoke about boosting the immune system. Mm -hmm. didn't speak about, you know, personalized medicine, which is what I learned from my graduate PhD work. I'm considered one of the leaders in the field of personalized medicine, which is a future of medicine. One size does not fit all. So if there is some pathogen flowing around, by the way, um, everyone reacts differently. There's no reason to shut down everything. In the letter I wrote to Trump, um, Jessica, I said that we should take all those people seriously immunocompromised, let them get the support they need Everyone, all of us should be should have been working and boosting our immune system. And in fact, this, this weekend, um, to everyone listening from Reopen Mass, we want to support our community in Massachusetts. With the small businesses have been devastated, not the Starbucks, not the Home Depots, not the Dunkin' Donuts, you know, those guys did well, but our small businesses have been devastated, particularly the restauranteurs, for example. So North End is one of the most, you know, beautiful neighborhoods. All the restaurants were, were destroyed and they can't do takeout all the time. That They weren't designed to be a Starbucks, et cetera. But what we want to do this weekend that we're uh, going to do to support the small business owners there, we're literally going to do a walk, a nice peaceful walk, a historic walk. We're going to start at Bunker Hill, and we're going to um, uh, we're going to meet there at 10 a.m. Everyone is invited. Everyone should show up. And I'll just give you the thing. We we start here. See, here's the flyer for it. So this is at 10 a.m. We're going to meet at Bunker Hill, one of the four historic um, monuments. We'll start there, and then we're going to go over to at 10:30. We leave. This is tomorrow, Saturday, June 6th. Uh, we're going to meet here at 10 a.m. At 10:30, we leave. Go look at the U.S. Con we can we can see it from the distance, but you'll, it's a cool ship. Go over to the Old North Church, uh, where, uh, and then we'll walk over to Paul Revere's house. And at Paul Revere's house, we'll be there around 11:30. And we want everyone to order takeout. Here's some of the restaurants that are open. Awesome restaurants that are still that are offering takeout. No one can stop us from ordering takeout. And then we're gonna we're gonna go. Uh, the next event we have is we're gonna go takeout into the streets. Okay, North End takeout to the streets, so people can 
order from these restaurants, take out and support those businesses. So that's going to be 1030, 10 to 130. It's a nice. Uh, so if people want to come, please join us. It'll be a family event. We build community and boost immunity. That's what we want to do. Build community and boost immunity. Anyway, Jennifer, it's great to have you here. I'm glad you reached out. You're part of Reopen Mass. I got about 12,000 members. Um, so why don't you tell us, uh, you know, what you do, what the group is about, um, and what you guys are up to? Sure. Um, when I discovered Reopen Mass, they actually only had about 500 members, and that was back in April. And since April, by the middle of May, we had 10,000 members, and every day it grows and grows. Um, we discuss different things that are going on that are affecting us personally, but also affecting us as, as a whole, as a state. And, you know, time and time again, we've tried to do things the way they want us to do. We've tried to stay home. We've tried wearing masks. And now, you know, just a lot of the stuff they've told us, it's now coming out that we really shouldn't have been doing that stuff. So now we're ready and we want the state to open up. You know, there are people who are sickly and they need to be home and that's fine. And, you know, we should care about them as well. But it, it's time for the rest of us to get our lives back. And, you know, otherwise, I think a lot of us are going to end up in a situation worse than we are now. And, and Jessica, can you tell I mean, Jennifer, can you um, um, tell people what you do? You yeah, know, so where I, you live, which town, if you want to share, you know, just background about yourself, how long you've been. I mean, I've been in Massachusetts since 1981. You know, I came here as a as a student to go to school, never left, started a bunch of companies. And I'm an entrepreneur, you know, came from working class neighborhood. But I, I think it'd be valuable for people to understand your background and yeah, then what so you do now and how it's affected what you do in the transportation area. Yeah, definitely. So first and foremost, I'm a mom to a six year old. Um, so everything that is shut down affects us personally it's not just something i woke up someday and i said oh you know i i don't want this to happen anymore this is all stuff that we're going through as well um i live in charlestown i was born and raised here so um my daughter is also growing up in charlestown directly in the city and i work for a private transportation company but we contract with a lot of public schools, charter schools, private schools, you name it. We're transporting kids, hundreds of thousands of kids a day. So, oh, so, so is it a private business, right? Yeah, so it, it's private, but we have contracts with different um, public schools on the North Shore and throughout. Minnesota. How many different businesses are there that do that? There's a lot. There's more, small I think, business than, owners, right? These are small business owners. That's these aren't conglomerate companies, right? They're small to medium. I mean, there is the, there's only one major transportation company in the state that does school busing, and they mostly just do charter work, so field trips and recreational stuff. The rest of us that are small business, we we handle directly with schools. I see. Great. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was, you know, as a bunch of people writing Fire Fauci, I think one of the important things that people, I think that we want to emphasize, forget the mainstream media, they're never going to do it, forget the top down, is that we need to recognize, you know, as a scientist, you know, who, you know, does research every day in the immune system, I'm considered one of the leading guys in the field. Um, and, and I think it's unfortunate for those in power 
for them that I actually come out and take the stand. They, they would think that I would just sort of fall in line. And my position is we need to boost the immune system. That's why, as we've been saying, we need to build community and boost immunity. That's what we want to do. And that's what we should be focused on. Because if you take, you know, a thousand people, let's say 10 people out of the thousand have compromised immune systems. Either it could be genetic, either they didn't take care of their health, diabetes, smoking, whatever. The model is saying that the other 990 people need to basically pay a huge price for the 10. Obviously, we're compassionate, right, people? But what's happened is that they've said, all we need to shut down the whole economy for these people. And, and it's actually a bogus argument. And when you actually look at it, what, re what really happened was the big guy's fake economy was going to crash. As I shared in my one of my videos, the coronavirus, whatever this was, was beautiful for them because it forced the lockdown of like you guys, the small business people, my businesses, etc. Which basically, which is a real economy, they needed to reduce demand of our us, the real economy, so they could keep the interest rates low, because their entire economy was based on a false, you know strangulation of the interest rates. That's what this is all about. And they just use this coronavirus scare because when you really look at it, the common sense says boost your immunity. In the old days when we got sick, stayed at home, you self-quarantined, you didn't go out, but not everyone, you know, was sick. So, I mean, not everyone was put under the same, you know, thing. Everyone should not be doing, you know, everyone should uh, be doing the same thing. One size fits all medicine is nonsense. So I think the valuable from a reopened Massachusetts perspective, first of all, to hear, you know, in your business, if you can share details of how it's devastated, you know, the small business owners who run these transportation companies. Yeah, so- That can um, help fits in. Yeah, so almost every driver that we have on the payroll is laid off. Um, since he shut schools down, there has only been one driver out on the road for a few hours a day and that's it. And we have hundreds of drivers that drive for us. Um, so on top of that, we we don't know what's gonna happen in the fall. We have schools asking us how they can get ready, you know, if they need to order more buses from us. Um, and we don't have those answers because they're not giving us straight answers. So we can't even promise that we'll have enough drivers or enough school buses for everyone. Um, just as an example, one of the school districts that we do take care of is Revere Public Schools. And um, their high school in the afternoon requires us to have five buses. Three of those buses follow the same exact routes because they're so maxed out. Um, they usually register about 100 kids per, per route, um, even though the buses probably only fit about 50 of the older kids. Um, and they just, they don't have bus passes. So the kids have to get, they get on and they go home. Um, before the shutdown, we actually were looking at adding more buses on that same route that has three buses going the same way. Um, we just, we don't have thousands of drivers unemployed. It, it's really challenging when you're looking at adding additional buses to a route because it's a specialized license. It's really difficult to get it's it in Massachusetts. License, right? Is it CDL? Yeah, so it's yeah. a CDL, but it, they have to go up for four endorsements. So even if you're a truck driver, we can't use you. We still have to retrain you. 
Um, mm. You would still have to go in for 40 hours on the road with us and in the classroom, even if you have 20 years of trucking experience. Mm. Um, you, we can't just throw you on the road. Um, and then some of the restrictions that they, the CDC has put out for school buses, it, it's insane. I mean, they they want kids. One yeah, what are some of those? Yeah, what are some of those? Yeah. Yeah. So they want they want school buses that would typically fit seventy seven small children. So probably about pre K to third grade, three to a seat. We could usually fit about seventy seven little ones. Um, the older you get, the the lower the number, but it's usually around somewhere around fifty that would fit comfortably. Not not the best solution but they would fit you know they might be a little crammed in but they're telling us that they want children one to a row so directly all the way across the school bus the first two rows would have one child you'd go back oh, the first two yes so across from each other so how many could you only have so so i remember the old school buses you went in there were two aisles yes you put three on one side and three on another right right so like only one ones. per one per aisle one and what about behind behind so if we took a ruler and measured oh, they're gonna like stagger it one here one here one no, here we can't we can't even do that because then they'd have to be six feet spread out so if we we took the measuring tape and we actually measured it out um yeah. we would only be able to fit nine kids nine kids in, a bus? in one bus nine in one kids. normal school bus Correct. You know, we, we have a school bus we use for our campaign, so I know what the size is. Yes. Wow. Nine kids. By Which their, is um, 70. Yeah. So typically 50, let's say 50 to 77, depending on the size, but nine kids. Um, and we wouldn't be able to use that bus again. So typically the drivers would come in in the morning. They'd start at about 6 a.m. They'd go out, they pick up high school kids because they go in the earliest. Um, after that, they drop them off, head to another route for middle school kids, elementary kids. Um, they'd pick those kids up, drop them off, and some of them will do a separate elementary run because they'll stagger their times. They'll start 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, and then the same thing in reverse coming home. So they wouldn't even be able to go from route to route because they want the buses disinfected. So bottom line is, so to summarize, what you're saying is, if you look at what we talked about earlier, there's massive infrastructure problems that the government has anyway, right? Yes. They didn't have, I mean, they've been, they've been stressed anyway. They don't have, they even forget. Already, yes. Forget coronavirus. We had way too many, what you said with it, way too many kids for one bus. Exactly. Right? Now coronavirus hits, and what you've done is you basically, you're in an uncertain situation. I mean, I was talking to the restaurant owners in, in North End. The big thing is uncertainty. Do we hire our stuff? Do we not hire our stuff? How much Correct. food do we get? These people, these lawyer lobbies, Charlie Bakers, all these people who've never had to work bottoms up as entrepreneurs, they don't understand if you're running a restaurant, you have to think ahead how exactly. much food you need to order. You have to get your wait staff in. It's not like you go bang and it starts. Exactly. Same with this. It's a capacity planning. Okay, how many drivers do I need to bring? Are they ready? Can they write all those things? It's not like you just turn it on and it just happens overnight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
So that's one point I think people need to understand. I just want to summarize some of these very important points. Sure, yeah. The second point you've shared is that now, so, so there's uncertainty, can you even get enough people? And then the fact is one bus can't be reused. It can only handle one-tenth or one-seventh of the students. So this whole thing is set up for failure. There's no, no. way to work. And that's just the beginning. That's and just then, the beginning. Um, now, we're right. talking about small businesses. They, they, they can't just run out and buy thousands of new buses. Right. We have to have, in order to get the financing for that, we have to have the contracts and the bonds. We have to have proof that we can pay back the financing. They can't just run out and say, I'm going to go buy a thousand buses because, you know, the government wants me to. And um, th there's just a lot of red tape with that. Um, on so, top so, of that your, so your business, let's take it your business. In, in the normal mode, how many kids did it transport per day? Let's just sort of make this very accessible to understand. How, how many people did you guys transport per day? I would say um, upwards of almost a hundred thousand kids a day. Your your business did a hundred thousand yeah. kids a day. Wow! Yeah. So how many kids are transported throughout Massachusetts per day? Um, probably I would say five five million because we do all the schools. All schools require. Yeah, well, it's got to be less than that because there's six point seven million citizens in Massachusetts. Well, because we don't also do children. We also do, like, we'll do fail trips, but we'll also do, like, we have contracts with different businesses to run shuttle buses for them. So we're transporting all day long, everyone. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so in a day, it's 100,000. Oh, you're talking about rides back and forth. Total hundred. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. Okay. So, so now, and, and how many buses did you guys have for that? To do that, I think we have now probably about 150 buses. So 150 buses. So which means, in a day, those buses, one bus is transporting about a thousand people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's put a thousand to keep. Let's say 100 buses, a thousand people. But now, those same 100 buses, in order for them to do a thousand people, let's say they can only take 10 people. Let's just do that round numbers, right? So your hundred buses can only do a thousand people a day. Is that right? Yes. What, I can't even. That. I can't even think about that. It just. Right, but basically, insane. you used to do yeah. So basically, you'd have to get like ten times more buses. Correct. You have to Every, get a thousand buses more. Five hundred bus at least. That's not five times the number of buses. So let's also break this down to when we transport our daycare kids or um, some of the after-school kids or um, programs like the YMCA, for instance, they have kids who are in car seats. So we usually use vans for those. Now, in order to keep kids in car seats on a van socially distanced at six feet or more, we have to use a school bus. So yeah. we can no longer use vans. They all, everybody has to take a school bus. So now you're adding additional routes to a school bus that we didn't have before either. Well, and you have to find the drivers who can drive those school buses. Right, exactly. So you have to have that. So, so you don't have, you can't find probably enough drivers qualified, or if you do, and you're forced to rush it, this is what happened in the trucking industry, you created more accidents. Right. You, you create the risk for more of the kids, so higher risk for the kids. You can't, from a business, I don't know how you guys survive, you're gonna have to, 
get all there's no way you can survive all the risk is on you because mm -hmm. you get more equipment more insurance all of that so this whole thing which i've been saying all along was intended to destroy small business was intended to destroy the entrepreneurial people yeah. who run businesses that's what it was and if anything their solution may be well we're bringing one of the big guys and what that'll do is they'll use this as a favor maybe to strike some deals for some of their big guys and they get the contracts and you wipe out any of the small guys. Mm -hmm. That's what this does. You know, you put enough regulations on people. Yeah, this they can't last. Person. They put enough regulations, make it so hard for the per business person to run their business. Their solution will be, well, let's bring in this people who can, you know, who have more capacity and they can run their business at a loss for several months. And then they own all the business contracts. Right. So. Right. That's to me, that's what's fascinating, not fascinating, but the most disgusting right. thing. They right. create an environment to wipe out all the small guys right. and then they'll bring in a big guy. Um, and in Massachusetts has been sort of the center of this liberal hypocrisy. Elizabeth Warren did this with the big banks. She said, oh, my God, the big banks are going to hurt you. Something about safety. This is all about we want to protect you from social distancing. Yeah. What they end up doing is putting such severe regulations that it destroys the small guys. And this is what happened in the banking industry. They said, oh my God, the big banks are gonna hurt you. They imposed all these regulations. It wiped out 2000 small banks. So that's what I hope this, what you're talking about is quite incredible because this is the, it's like the, they just do this as boilerplate. Yeah. Create a crisis, impose regulation, use those regulations to snuff out the small guys. And you'll have probably in Massachusetts, you'll have two or three big busing guys left. That's where this is headed towards. There's one. There's one who already bought out a bunch of okay. our competition two years yeah. ago. He, he approached us, and my owner just wouldn't budge. He said, I'm Yeah, and it could be total corruption. Massachusetts got a D plus in corruption. This yeah. is all backroom deals. That guy's getting paid off. He consolidates everyone, and you wipe out all the small guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's interesting about this as you're speaking. This is an amazing extremely screwed up example of how Charlie Baker, by the way, Charlie Baker, to anyone who's listening, there's only one party in Massachusetts. Let's be very clear. There's no yes. Democrat and Republican. There's one. I agree with that. When I ran for US Senate, Baker, frankly, he didn't want to see this kind of guy running for a Republican seat. He brought in a very, very disgusting individual called Dirty Jeff Deal, who photoshopped a picture with Trump. There's three hands in the picture. And they should have supported me if they were really Republicans, meritocracy, bottoms up, brought myself up from my own bootstrap. In fact, they get this idiot who's a failed sign salesman and, you know, and they run him. They didn't even want me to get the nomination. So I ran as an independent. We ran a great campaign. Only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. <laughs> it was a good campaign. We exposed Elizabeth Warren and the GOP establishment. They didn't let me on the debate stage but we still got 100,000 votes, five times more than any independent candidate. So this time we're running as Republicans, but the goal is to expose this collusion, which is one wing talks about safety, oh, we wanna protect the kids, and the other wing creates monopolies. And I think that's what's fascinating about what you've shared. Right. That's what's occurring right before our eyes in your industry, the goal is to wipe out all these you know, entrepreneurial transportation companies who serve Massachusetts and under the guise of safety. Right. It's quite amazing. Which, yeah. which in turn, it's actually making it less safe. 
because now you're, yeah. you're putting all this pressure on the drivers to either perform quickly and swap out buses at the yard and just leave kids in kindergarten on the side of the road and potentially just, you know, rush to the next bus, get in that, go to another route, pick those kids up, not care as much, you know, just let them off. The drivers right now that we have, they all take this very seriously. They know these aren't their kids, but they treat them like their children. And they know how important it is what they do every single day to get these kids to and from wherever they're going. And adding this extra pressure on them, it's going to collapse not only the industry, but the drivers themselves. They're they're not going to be able to handle this. It already to get a license here is so difficult. They have to do all this. Once you get your license as well, it doesn't stop there. You have to continue. We have safety meetings once a month to make sure that they're up to date with all new regulations because they're constantly changing. They constantly have to have DOT no. physicals, drug tests, everything. Yeah. My sister you know, used to do the, oh, whatever, the uh, occupational safety test, right? For all right. the drugs. But Jamie Allen just said, look, or Jamie, forget Valentine. He basically said, hey, look, uh, what about the kids even? Look, the number of kids that died from COVID was so minuscule as near mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is create a lie of we want to protect you safety and use that lie to impose a regulation and snuff out small businesses. So uh, more kids die from flu than Corona, K. Rich Workman writes. Exactly. So this whole thing is based on a big lie. You know, I would suggest, Jennifer, what about your industry just struck? Um, so I, I think that could be a possibility because they're setting you up for failure, right? Right. What this so, is, is you're, you're, you're setting you up for business failure, setting you up for more injuries, and they can almost use that to say, look, you guys can't handle it. We've got to bring in a big guy. Right. So, um, I think that that might be coming down the pike cause they, they haven't officially gave us exactly what's going to happen in transportation in September. Um, they, they will probably slip it in our mailbox overnight the night before school starts that we have to do all this stuff because that's usually what they do. Um, so I, I just, I've been sick about this. So I've, I'm trying to get this message out to everybody in mass because they all need to know what's going to happen because this is only going to affect everyone. Um, if your kids can't go to school or they can't be picked up or dropped off, you can't work. And that's just the bottom line. Nobody can make a living if they don't have transportation for their children. Yeah, I look, uh, someone just said, it's not just some kids that will be traumatized, not being able to mix with their peers, social interactions needed. Um, I did a video you may have seen, I talked about how the number one reason that people um, hurt their health is by social isolation. Social isolation, it destroys people's immune system. It destroys the immune health. It destroys antimicrobials, etc. I think it's at a point now where I think we need to get organized bottoms up um, and really rally around recognizing that irrational behavior is taking place. Right. And as a mentor of mine said, when people behave irrationally, there's another agenda. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It, it makes doesn't. no sense. None it of makes it. no sense. 
And I think what they're expecting is that we'll take it on the chin and we'll just continue, uh, you know, business as usual. I, you know, I, I think from my position, that's why we decided to do this walk on Saturday. We have every right to walk the Freedom Trail. So we're going to walk Bunker Hill, Constitution, end up at Paul Revere's house. And then let's support those businesses. So I think the reopen Massachusetts people, you guys should join us. And, and we're going to be in the streets doing takeout. And we should have a big discussion about this. I think we need to bring the community together because this is a very important discussion because transportation is literally how things get done. Right, right. I don't think people appreciate how much what you guys do. I, when I was in DC, I went to deliver those 100,000 signatures we collected. When we arrived there, there was a big protest in front of the White House, not of the big Teamsters, but of the 80, I, what I learned was 80% of the goods that are moved in the United States are done by the smaller trucking companies. Yes. And these guys have been completely imposed with regulations. They yeah. put this little uh, device, I forget what it's called, in their trucks to watch what they're doing because the big trucking guys were getting in accidents. Again, the big guys do bad things because they put people through their training program so fast, they just take anyone, put them through a training program, pay them nothing, put them, and they were getting into lots of accidents. So then they penalized all the small guys, forced them to, put these devices in where they could track their behavior and they had to, they could only drive for 14 hours. So therefore they were driving like madmen to deliver their goods and the accidents actually increased. So this is the total bullshit that takes place. Excuse my language. That's what's happening. No, yeah, it is. It so is. I, and, and, and so when I looked at that and these 80% of their small business, they own their trucks, they can't compete with the big guys who can have two truckers running. You know, right. so this sounds like the exact same formula to destroy the small guys, to destroy the people who actually take risks, which are the real Americans and to support the fake Americans who get. I mean, it's crazy to watch the Wall Street stock market go like this when we have 38 million people out of jobs. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> it happens because there's yeah. there's the insider fake economy mm -hmm. and really two worlds. The insiders, the Kennedys, the Markeys, the GOP establishment who will always push their candidates, their agenda. And then there's the real economy. People get up, work, suffer at the expense of this. And I think that's what's going on. Fake economy, the real economy. You guys are the real economy. And they want to, I believe they want to actually destroy the, the real economy because their fake economy can only survive if the real economy gets destroyed. Because their whole fake economy is built on actually doing nothing except not really the American values of bottoms up, real competition. They want to wipe out all of you guys and have a few uh, bus companies, it sounds like. Yeah, and have everyone under the same umbrella. So right. they're making the same profit no matter what. Yeah, because when they have it under the same umbrella, they can basically all the working people then really have no say. It's like the Chinese model. One person in the industry, everyone else is slaves. There's no more bargaining. There's no more negotiating. Take it yeah. or leave it. Exactly. Wow, Jennifer, this is quite illuminating. I think we need to really raise hell. And we, uh, you know, just, I just want to let you know in me, you know, I'll fight for you guys. And I Thank think you. all of us needs, needs to fight because the dynamic should be bottoms up. This is really the top versus the bottom. Yeah. That's what it is the fake versus the real, you know? And if you just go down to it, 
from the science, which I study all day long, boost the, you know, boost immunity, support our community. I think that's what we should do. You know, build our community, boost our immunity. That's how we really solve coronavirus. That's how we solve our health problems. That's how we solve the economic problems. Yes. I think we need to go to hell. We're going to take care of us. We don't need you, Charlie Baker, telling us what to do. I think we need, you know, to revolt, frankly. This is getting nonsense. No, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lance. Yeah, so that's why I, I, I'm really glad we did this. Let, uh, Jennifer, is there any other questions? Maybe, do you mind if we take about five Sure, no, questions? yeah. Let's take some questions that could be coming in. Um, bottoms up, that's what people are saying, which is, uh, let's see. Government is destroying our economy, definitely. Sure is. It, and specifically, I think in Massachusetts, you have the consolidation of the big guys and the government. And by the way, they, they try to split all of us, right? Using racism also. Right. That's that's the other thing that's going on. Um, let's see, uh, what do we got here? People are arguing about Biden and Trump. Schools <laughs> are racking respect in God. Um, bottoms up. We need a revolt. Yeah, so I, I think, Jennifer, tell all your people, they're all welcome. Let's support the small thing. It's we, the people, have to simple solution, get rid of the Democrats and government. Look, what's interesting is Massachusetts, just to keep this very clear, here's the facts everyone should understand. Before coronavirus, Massachusetts infrastructure is going down like this F minus minus in infrastructure. The worst public roads, the worst water systems, the worst highway systems, the third worst in the entire United States. And Massachusetts is top 10 in corruption. That's what they've done to us. They wanna make us complete slaves. And Walsh, Democrat mayor and Baker work together, Warren, they're all one big kumbaya crowd. And that's what- Bunch of hypocrites. What's that? Bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, one, by the way, one rule for them, another rule for us, Karen Polito. Yes. Karen Polito had a nice party at her home, mm -hmm. right? But we can't do that. So I say, you know, we do the Truth, Freedom and Health March this weekend. Bunker Hill, 10, 1030 AM, join us, bring your families. We walk, we, you know, we're gonna bring a lot of our signs and lawn signs everyone wants to support. And then when we hit the North End, people take out your phones, order takeout. We've already told the restaurants, it takes 10 minutes. And we eat out on the streets. We we build community and boost immunity. I think we got to we got to escalate this movement, Jennifer. I'm really yeah. sorry to hear about what they're doing to your industry. We got to fight. I'm here. Thank to, you. Yeah. Thank you for for letting me speak because I feel like nobody, no other person that has run for a political office, has ever just a, allowed somebody who is just in an industry to speak and get their message out. So I really appreciate this. Well, look, what happened was no, you know, we're all, we're, it's rare that when we get one of us wanting to represent us. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Boston Globe doesn't cover me. They cover the three lawyers. They don't even cover me. I have right. more Twitter followers, Facebook followers than Marky and, you know, it, uh, Twitter, uh, all the three candidates combined. I built up my own for following organically. And now we have a platform, Jennifer. So I'm very, very, uh, honored to want to share it. We have a megaphone and we should use it to bring people bottoms up. You know, the left or the right media, I don't care where, where they are, they're never going to support the, because they're all in bed. Right. The math exactly. talks as though they're for Trump 
and against Charlie Baker, but they're like this, this, this really disgusting human being, Jim Lyons. He's, he's not only a racist who hates me, he's also a racist against white people, against black people, everybody. He wants to separate us. And then the Democrats are racist against white people, black people. And I mean racist. They want us to keep in boxes. Or if you're in Revere, you must be like this. If right. you're in Dorchester, they want to split blacks and whites up. That's the real racism. Right. That's what I call racism. So we need to come bottoms up. And it's time that one of us represented us. So we got to win this campaign. It's not a Shiva percentage campaign. It's really about blowing up and nuking the immense control that they have. And mm -hmm. it's got to bottoms up. So yeah, anytime, let's do this again. Thank uh, you. I really want to bring on board all the industries that are being affected. We had a restaurant owner here, you know, if you remember Frank, uh, one of the young men, Frankie from Monica's restaurant, he was the one who talked about in that video went viral that he did, but we got to bring us and only us are going to do it. Don't expect the globe. Don't expect right. the globe. none of them. Stop right. expecting anything top down Cooner, Howie Carr, all of these people, they want to sell books. They just do just enough to keep their mystique. At the end of the day, they work with Charlie Baker or they work with Elizabeth Warren. They're both one. They just play the game. Someone said, I'm a school bus driver in Arkansas. I am frightened. Sorry to hear that, Lisa. You guys are out doing amazing service, helping the young people. And this is really, really wrong. We got to fight. We got to fight. We have no choice but to fight and be the light. Yeah. Okay. Je Jennifer, I hope to see you and let everyone know. Let I definitely will. And all the people mass reopen. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Thank you. Um, let's let's really build our movement. Bottoms up. Thank you thank, so thank much. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a good great evening. Night. Thank you to everyone. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you reached out. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Yep.